2: You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast with Mark Allred, Court Lalonde, and Rob Tomlin. You can subscribe and rate our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, player.fm, soundcloud.com, and Stitcher Radio. You can help the show financially by going to the blackandgoldhockeyblog.com website and clicking on either the amazon.com or fanatics.com banners to the right before shopping online. Now, time to start the Bruins Hockey Talk from three different countries. Enjoy the show!
0: Boar fights to keep it in, does, has it in the corner to Sanderson. Back in front door, shot scores! Bobby
2: Owl! Great work. Face-off
3: circle to the right of Reggie Lindland, fired it down, and Whitmore blew it.
2: Bounces down to Bergeron, he takes the space, pulling it wide to the right of Tatar, the snapshot,
3: over to Rossi,
2: loose, and Bergeron scores!
3: Hello Bruins fans and welcome back for episode 72 of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast uh, in partnership with Grandstand Sports Network, the best view in sports. I am with two great friends and awesome co-hosts, uh, Rob Tomlin and uh, Court Lalonde as always. Gentlemen, I, I have a secret to tell you and, and I can't get it out anymore. It's, it's, it's been eating me since the start of the season. The Bruins are on a two-game winning streak.
4: Is that is that the first time this season as
3: well that they put two wins together? Yes. Yes.
4: <laughs> and, and what other team put two
0: wins together for the first time? Actually their third one of the season.
3: I was I was informed by this this morning by the great court Melonde. <laughs> uh the Arizona Coyotes are, are also oh, have had hilarious. a little winning streak.
0: Everybody's like the Bruins are on track. I'm like So are the Coyotes, I guess. Then? <laughs> uh, worst team in the league.
3: <laughs> uh, what a what what a um what a week. and. Let's just let's jump right into it. Uh, we 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 talked about the Tugaras dot in the the Anaheim game as a confidence booster. Um and, and he definitely got that that start, but there was no confidence uh boost at all. Um nope. And they lost uh, 4 to 2 against Anaheim and then obviously the next game against the LA Kings uh, uh Anton Hudobin uh really just showed showed me up. Uh, and, and and anything that I've said, uh, that was, um, you know, not good about him. I, I I'm not saying I hate the guy. I'm just not a fan of his goaltending, I, and and I never have been. He's only had one good thirty goal thirty win season. So
0: he's actually only had eight good games, including last year. Right. I, mean, I like I like I wanted people just you know. He, I, I, am so happy he's playing well.
3: Yeah, but, I am too. I, I'm, I, I love Thomas.
0: Comparisons today were a little ridiculous.
3: Yeah, it's, it's. You're gonna get those no matter what because, uh, Jack Edwards feeds that. Um, I was lucky enough not to have to. I didn't have to listen to him. <laughs> <laughs> I barely have to most of the time when I watch the game. But, uh, he got he got the start and definitely showed that he earned it and he definitely earned the uh the start last night and and a. In a Commanding three to one win over the San Jose Sharks to end the week, and you know, hey, you got to go with the hot goaltender. And right now, 100%. the hot goaltender is Anton Hudobin. And and mm-hmm. I did not see this at all at the beginning of last season because the guy had one win in his fir- in the regu- in the beginning of the season, and then didn't First get his se- games. yeah, and then didn't he get was his second win average. until the February eleventh. Mm-hmm. So I just have a hard time grasping on to him taking over and being the savior and and jokingly I said you know because I did see a few tweets this morning that said you know Stanley Cup here we come and then oh, yeah, I you know sure. some some uh, some Vizina Hardware is in his future so I kind of like said let's let's pump our brakes on that you know I, I he, great effort loved seeing it loved the two points more importantly but what's even greater than that is how they're gelling as a team in these two games? and it's weird how people are starting to come back a little a little by little. It's not you know a mad rush to get everybody back in the lineup as much as we'd love to see it, but we're seeing difference in games and I like I like what I'm seeing. so well,
0: as as I said on Twitter, I was like I was more frustrated for the fact that. I, I, I'll be honest, I, I didn't watch any of these games live. I watched them all the next day because um, uh, I get up pretty early and it's, it's, these games were late. But Jake Debruss played amazing. And all I hear is about all that really was the talk all over on social media and everything else was Tuka Rath sucks and Hudobin's the god. And most of the time, if you looked at it, it was really just the haters because they just <clears throat> love proving that Tuka sucks. And as I said, I made, I made one point here: is We're all Bruins fans here the last thing you'd want is even Tuca to have a bad year solely based on the fact that even if we did try to move him, $7 million that isn't winning isn't going anywhere. So that just sits on your cap. You're not going to buy him out because it's just going to hurt you even more. So even if you don't like Tuca Raf haters out there, you want him to play well so he would be gone because there's no way of moving his contract right now. Yeah.
4: But Montreal's having like, the same problem with Kerry Price. Oh, yeah. I'll... I'll be the same, like, I'll be the guy that I'm not usually, and Rasky's having a terrible year.
0: Unbelievable. Oh, he is? Yeah.
4: And you can see in his game, his game is not there, it's not the same as it has been, but, like Court said, there's a lot of goalies having that problem right now. Uh, Henrik Lundqvist has been one of the best goaltenders in the NHL for a long time. He's having a bad year. Yes, he's older, but so is Carey Price, who's basically a franchise goaltender. Um so it's it's one of them things. Like there's a few people having a bad year, there's a few call goal, like, that goaltenders had a bad year last year. It's just rest time. So
0: The Rangers That's... are not in the playoffs right now. Edmonton Oilers are playing terrible. Like oh. it's not just yeah. us, but yeah. yeah but our fan base loves the focus on the goaltending solely based on we had what you call a miracle series from a goaltender in the playoffs in Tim Thomas. Uh, you don't see those very often. Uh, we had one year, and everybody expects every goalie to play like that. It's unfortunate, but, you know, it is what it is. You can't get mad at the fans for it.
3: Yeah, I mean, everybody fans differently. We we are more realistic kind of fans that um, do research, and I'm not saying other people don't do their research, but we also dive in a little, and we see different angles. We don't have blinders on... We're not rah-rahs all the time as much as we love certain players. But we also are not blind to when people struggle. And definitely, we call those players out. So we, we are not these you know, these fans that are always the biggest apologists. Because that's what I heard this morning was just that you guys are just... Oh, yeah, but you the know. person
0: that was saying it is like the biggest hater. He might as well just call himself a Habs fan. Wow. Like The fact that he gets so off whenever Tukarask has a bad game. And if you actually look, he most of the time waits for a conversation to not even be about Tuca, and then he's like, "Oh, how did Hodobin play last night, dude?" That's not what we're right. even what you're talking about. Calm down, yeah. simmer.
3: So, regardless of all that crap, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, other goal tenders struggle. I mean, Tuca Rask is having a terrible year. You know, like you guys said, carry Price. I mean, I I almost see him being moved um, a lot sooner than Tuca Rask. 10 million
0: dollars um, ain't gonna
3: happen. Yeah, I know, but and he's also going to play better too when he does get healthy to, to to kind of entice another team to to pay that up and uh and you know bring back a Kings ransom, you know. Um and if, if you remember, you know, um
0: the goalie for the uh, Los Angeles, he didn't play too well in the last two years.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Johnny Quick. Yeah, but he's, yeah. he's also one of those goaltenders that, like, really has an exceptional game. Like, a, a shutout, it really stands on his head, like, once or twice a month. But as he sees time, you know, six to seven games a month, he's only got one explosive game. So, he relies on a heavy defense in front of him. And that's no doubt. And that's something right now that the Bruins are trying to incorporate into their game. And... Um, and it's you know this it's the whole thing of going back to just having a little patience with these younger players oh yeah and
4: you like everyone said it's still half an AHL team playing in the nhl right now exactly There's there's so many injuries so many factors that go into it uh wouldn't have been that bad over the last few years, but now that they've gone with the youth movement, it's it's hard without the depth that the Bruins have
3: had in the past. And so, and like I said last week, when I was I was starting to get a little annoyed on how many times um, uh, Coach Cassidy can just go up on the podium after the game and just say, "We need to same. do this better. We need to do that better. These players have to be better." Uh, you know, you know, these younger players, when they come into a role like this, they have to step it up. It was the same thing over and over, but it just seems that, and put aside, please put aside the, the whole Raskin and, and Hudobin thing, but you can almost see that this team is starting to see his frustration, and I, I, I'm not at practices, not on a regular basis, i I'd probably go to like once or twice a couple months, but... I'm not sure what's going on at practices. He might be like going off on them, trying to get the best he can out of every individual player on that bench, regardless of injuries and so on. So, this might be a nice turnaround period. You no know, two-game winning streak. It, it's it's positive signs, and I love it. This is this is exactly what I wanted to see after the
0: all the horses. What? Well, I just think we should all. You know, we got these points. It's awesome. We're still an injury-riddled team, but someone pointed out on Twitter to me this morning, "What's the biggest factor that we have in these last these two games that we won?" The, the who do we have on the ice at the same time that we haven't all year?
3: I'm lost. Krejci and Bergeron. Oh, yeah. and that you know, and let. Um. Before we get into uh, next week's games, I just wanted to. uh I wanted to touch on that. Now that you just bring it up, I'm just going to go ahead on a couple of uh, topics. What is it with Krejci? He comes back from missing. Uh, I wrote it down. Eleven games. The last game action was uh, October 19th. Comes back and doesn't score any points on Thursday. Thursday night doesn't score any points last night. But what does it? What is he doing when he comes into this lineup that seems to ease? So much up the middle. His presence did something in the last two games. And I, I'm curious. I don't understand what it is, but I'm, I am wanted to know what you guys think from watching it yourselves. Because other teams have to,
4: like, defend him. They know that he's a dangerous forward. They know he can pass the puck really well. Teams are having to defend him. When you've got Riley Nash center in the second line or... Um, who's been centering it recently? Curly. I mean, when when that's happening, you don't really have to defend those guys as much as you do a creature or a Bergeron. So that I think that's one of the main factors that's that's happening right now.
0: It allows them not to have one line getting checked across checked all the time. Right the way I look at it, it allows them to actually uh, use two lines because before you know Krejci also is a very good puck possessor and he's better on the power play we're better on the power play with him i know we only had one chance i think last game but still he is a better player than a lot of people give him credit for a lot of fans like to dump on him too yeah he's, I mean,
3: a, he's a whipping boy yeah and that's and that's one thing is like uh, every time a conversation comes up about Krejci, it's like he most of it is 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 his salary and how much point production he actually gets when he's healthy. And it's just, it mind boggles me to think that he's not paid to be a top 10 goal scorer in the NHL. He's actually paid to play that exact role that everybody saw when he went pointless the last two games. And that's yeah. why I, I find it funny and and, and express. You know, reasons to, to know from other people well, why he comes in and just really settles that, that, that middle up really well.
4: It's just that experience of playing in the National Hockey League for so long. Um, there was times where Bergeron and Krejci were known as one of the deadliest center depths that a team had. And I know that's not the same anymore, but... Yeah,
0: there was 1A it, and 1B.
4: still... Yeah, there's still that line can be changed up so many ways. Like, no one knows who the Bruins' first line is because Jack Edwards always puts it's the David Krejci line, and then changes it it to be uh, Bergeron. So you don't know who's going to be out there.
0: Was was in the when we won the cup in 2011? Krejci was the number one line, wasn't he? Not yeah. Like, I just don't. I. I'm so dumbfounded sometimes. I really am on the, the thought process people have and the, how they, they dump on certain players. This is what it is.
3: Right. Well, um, going into next week's games, there's two of them against New Jersey on Wednesday night. They're yeah, a good team this year. Yeah, and a very surprising team. Corey, Corey Schneider is a good goaltender. The Bruins are going to have their hands full trying to get anything past him. And, uh, hey, he was a
0: goaltender where he was on a team where they thought he wasn't that good.
3: Yeah, <laughs> in Vancouver, and they, because they had more belief in in Roberto Luongo. And wasn't it a year later they traded Roberto to?
0: Yeah, the fans, the fans dumped on him. The fans dumped on him, and they got rid of him. And now the team is just Yarkup Marstrom. <laughs> um,
3: and then they come home to finish this four game road trip uh, with a, a a contest against a very very good. Uh, Pittsburgh Penguins lineup. So, w- with that being said, I'm I'm just gonna we I gotta t- go back into the Hudobin thing. Um, with um, three days rest uh, before Wednesday night, and another day on a rest on Thursday with a game on Friday. You you've we we said it. You got to um, ride the hot hand.
0: Yeah, play him till he's tell, play until he loses. Exactly. Play, there's play no play until he's the goalie we thought he was. Right.
3: There's <laughs> there's no back to back games right here, and the, and to round off the end of the month, um, you play Edmonton on Sunday, and there's not another game till Wednesday, the 29th against Tampa Bay Lightning, which is going to be an exciting game because they're red hot as well. Yeah. So it's with the all th- team in the league. with with all this rest, you just keep plugging him away. Or do you do you give Tuka a bone here, or just go into December and start start uh, a healthy rotation? I would play
4: uh, Houdoubin as if he was Rask, and let Rask have the backup games for now, until, like Court said, the the tables tables turn, and you need Rask again. Because I think that's when he plays best is when you desperately need him. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, at the, moment, at the moment, with the way who Dolvin's playing, they,
0: they don't. So. Uh, it's, I, it's it's weird. I said it before. I don't know why they play better in front of them right now.
3: So Yeah, and I'm not. I'm just not a fan of this topic at all because it really gets me going because we're all professional. They're, they're all professionals. Yeah. And, you know, they should be playing no matter what. They should be playing for a common goal, and that's the two points, no matter who's in net and no matter who's not. I, that really gets me going, but regardless of the emotions that are felt on the ice uh, between whoever's in and who's not, uh, you can't you can't deny what Hudobin's doing right now, and, and, and last season in 16 games, he went 7-6-1 with a two six four 4 and a nine zero four 0 save percentage. He was the guy last year we all thought we got to get rid of him, we need a backup goal this guy's a hot garbage. Exactly. And, and then, now he's the savior in less games played this season, which is half at eight. He's five zero and two with two point one seven and a point nine three five save percentage. It, it's 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 amazing what he's doing in such a in such a long stretch this season, and I'd like to see what he's going to do with with some more uh, an, uh, an increased workload. Um, and and I got to touch on Tuca's numbers too, which are not freaking great at all. Uh, in twelve games, he's three seven and two. 2.89 goals against and a very, very disturbing uh, 0.897 save percentage. So, but then again, you look at the last two games when you crunch numbers down and and Hudobin's 2-0 with a 1, one goals against and a, an astonishing 0.968 save percentage. So, got to do it. I, I, I want to see him ride it until he fails. And hopefully by that time, uh, Rask is sitting on the bench and learning something and and feeding off of that to get better and and, and try to become that that goaltender of 2013 that I've certainly had much praise for. And, you know, I just want to see him have a better career than what he's doing right now because I'm not very happy with his his production at all.
4: Yeah, but... The same thing, like, there's a lot of people out there that say that that one year that he won the Vezina was a fluke. No goalie has ever won the Vezina as a fluke.
0: Hey, no, I'm going to say this right now. Those
4: people are idiots.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm so tired when that that kind of stuff comes across. Yeah, he hasn't played well, but don't say the year he won the Vezina was a fluke. Come on, people. Right. Get your head out of your ass.
3: But, but, you know,
4: like I said, he's playing like crap right now. Yeah, he is. Like... So I would say his play is just as worse as Baleski's and to be fair he's due some bashing but not blame the whole year on him bashing. Right. right. That's that's not right. Um I mean sorry. So, no go ahead. Sorry. I was just gonna say, I mean, there's times where I watch the games and I just go, What the hell are you doing? Yeah, like I could, I probably could have saved that.
0: But I'm gonna look yeah. forward to watching games. Finally, this uh these <laughs> yeah. late games are oof, not for me.
3: Yeah,
4: really, I... really? <laughs> <laughs> oh
3: yeah. Oh, you just walked right into that one, Court. Well, I'm okay with it. Yeah, I know. I, I'm the same sure. way. I mean, these these uh, except for last night's game, I did stay up as as much as I could. I I tried my best to. To try and stay awake, but um, definitely on Wednesday and Thursday, I, I couldn't do it. I had to deviate out of the games and watch them uh, after I got out of work the next day because getting up at well, four, well, 4 o'clock in the morning is not easy in, in my time. I know. Last
4: night, I thought the game started at 1 a.m., so I stayed up. And no, 3.30 a.m., so that was fun. <laughs> stayed <sighs> up to 1 a.m. for nothing.
3: For
0: <laughs> nothing.
4: Yeah.
3: Damn. Damn. Um, one player that I'm thoroughly impressed with and, and his call up, um, is Danton Heinen. Um, he, I, I kind of, I'm, I, if, 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 Rob, if you remember last year when he got called up for the eight games, I was not impressed at all. Um, he had no points. He was a minus three. And then, uh. Went down to the AHL and played sixty four games. Uh it was fourteen goals, thirty assists, forty four points. Um, but this season, he is definitely determined to not only help this um this roster out while it's uh depleted with injuries, um, but he's he's fighting for a job to stay. And in and, and fifteen games this season, he's got uh four goals, six assists, ten points, and he's a plus four. So the The question has to be asked is you know what is gonna to happen to him or another player when when more bodies return healthy i i i me, me personally i see swor- uh, a player like swores going down and um jeez i'm trying to think Agar. I, well ogara or, Boy, or or if they take their chance and and uh, i believe oh no it's cuz agostino is still up on a, on a, um emergency basis that he's waiver exempt am i wrong in that
4: i'm not no, too you're sure right. okay you're right. he's... if it's a emergency basis he doesn't uh he don't count against it until he plays two games i think it is okay yeah i think it's two games they get uh when it's like you have to call someone up because of injuries so
0: I, I think as of right now Heinen is
4: uh deserved
0: his spot to stay. Um Schwarz yeah. I think we'll all agree. He no offense. He just hasn't cut it. I don't know. He just hasn't played that great. He hasn't played bad, he hasn't played great. Um Heinen he just I couldn't you couldn't send him down right now. He's just playing so well out there.
3: Yeah, that would be such a huge confidence for yeah, you know. Um <laughs> I wouldn't want to do that. I, nope. I I'm just seeing great things from the young kid. Um, you know, we're seeing a lot of good things from these young players. And, and... him
0: going to the net last night on uh, Kevin Miller's uh... drive. I was gonna. I was actually gonna say his. He got possessed by Bobby Orr for a little bit, but I know yeah. everybody would probably jump all over me. But he flew down the ice along that side, on the right side, um, and Heinen went right to the net like he's supposed to, and he popped in a goal like it was perfect.
4: Yeah, and Heinen also was the the first guy up the ice and actually made one of the defensemen follow him as he peeled off the blue line, which opened the gates for Kevin Miller to do his little run. So that was even more impressive, really.
0: My pick for a guy to be sent down would be uh, solely based to uh, maybe get his act together is Bileski. Yeah. No yeah no, it's, pick not, it's not going to give any cap. Um, a lot of people seem to think that it'll give us some... Um, help on the cap. It's not really going to give us any help. It still counts towards the cap, but maybe it'll hopefully wake him up because if he could be the force, unfortunately expensive force on the fourth line, I'll be happy with it. Right. Because we got we got a lot of guys next year that might not be coming back. Um. So. Yeah. Yeah. And he will be coming back.
3: Yeah. Unfortunately. Um. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the ninth floor. Uh, view is not enough to get his game going and something's got to be done and I mean it remains to be seen if if Bruins management is actually going to go that route and and do it but I mean if they do if he if he does happen then you know I expect him to to not be claimed uh I don't think anybody would uh that has been paying attention to his production is going to want to pick him up or that or that cap it Hey you so, never
0: know Mark Mark Bergevan is probably the worst GM
3: in the league. He might do it. Still got a job though, which is amazing. Cool. Oh. That guy must be the biggest like like buyer of Molson beer and his boss Jeff Molson is like so happy with that cuz they can't get rid of him. Well, that's like that's like me that's like me getting kicked out of a bar. It's like, "Oh shit, we're going to miss our, our our rent this month because Mark's not here." You know what I mean? So I just you don't c-
0: remember in Montreal they have to have a uh francophone Speaking, uh, general manager, right. microphone speaking, uh, coach,
3: and, and which is <laughs> respectful because they it's happened for you know all these years now. So, but there's yeah. also this also and other times, talented times people out changing. there that that talk differently, you know. And times are changing, yeah. And maybe this organization needs to smarten up and and be a little diverse on 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 you know looking at people that can guide this team back to. Oh. You know, you a think championship our fan
0: base is crazy sometimes.
3: Oh, I know. You try, I just... you try
0: putting an English general manager, an English coach in that in the Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> They'll eat them
3: alive. Um, I'll say that, job. <laughs> right there,
0: you go. It'll get you back over here.
3: That'd be funny. Yeah. Uh, Jake DeBrusk, another player, young player, uh, first year pro, uh, actually, second year pro, first year NHLer it has um, really impressed me uh very much and and always has since he's been brewing his property and, um watching him in the WHL um the, the kids just got the the will to win uh and and the and the courage to do it but what's even better is is he took a um he took a view from the ninth floor uh one game last week i believe or was it saturday yep.
0: uh it was one game we don't have if he don't say when it was, yeah. Yeah,
3: and, and just use that to his benefit without getting all flustered about not being in the lineup, but used it and, and 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 really came back and performed really well. Um I don't have numbers on how he's been doing since
0: he got two points
3: last game, uh and he got an assist the game before. So but playing really well.
0: And he's been he's been doing both sides of the ice.
3: Yeah. Which is huge. I mean, it's absolutely huge for a young player like that to get confidence. But it's also a great great thing that Cassidy saw that and said, maybe he needs to take that. And like Rob said last week, it's beneficial to look and see where the play is happening when you're not involved. And um, and you can definitely move on from that and gain that experience.
4: Yeah, well, in that game last night, the the thing that made me believe that more was... How many times did Jake debrust fly the zone? As soon as he saw a possible turnover, right. he was gone. So, And that's what the Bruins need right now. They need a guy down the ice that they can pass to because they're trying to pass it in the zone and losing it. They need a the guy out of the zone that you can flip the puck up to and it's safely out for a change. Like Ottawa did to us?
0: Yes, it's, exactly. Know, do, you
3: know
4: what, do
0: you know what they did well last night? And, I, and I'm not taking this away from Hudobin. San Jose played like we usually do and we played like most teams play against us so and what i mean by that is san jose took all the low percentage shots taking all these perimeter shots as soon as they break into the zone they're taking a shot and trying for a rebound we got less shots with only 20 but we took shots that were scoring chances not just shots that's just from what i watched i was like wow okay they're trying to make a play before they get a shot off instead of just going in the zone taking a shot on that hoping for a rebound Right. Because a lot of times we're out shooting teams, but the shots we're taking, the goalies could stop them with their eyes closed.
3: Yeah, because they're hitting them right in the chest.
0: It's not even that. They're taking them when they're just getting over the blue line.
3: Yeah. Yeah, and and yeah, I mean, cross the line. I always tell the guys that I play, and I know it's just beer league hockey and so on, but I always tell the guys that really don't know what they're doing on Tuesday nights is just cross the line, then take a look. I, 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 I get on them when they're... They stop before and they they're waiting to see if anybody's on side. It's like no, you're the puck handler. You go first, and if you feel that you can't get any leeway from these defensemen, you can't get through. Cut back and take a look. We got people trailing that have have opportunities and and better skill to to try to make something happen. So it, anybody
0: it, can score, but someone try and make a beautiful
3: pass. Yeah, I mean you're not gonna you're not gonna win in this game until you have skilled players that can dish the puck, uh, either the sauce. Or a stretch pass, you know, and that's another thing that I I saw in the um, the Anaheim game. It was like that particular game. I saw Ottawa. They were trying to like do that thing that they did in the playoffs, and they I, there was a couple times that they were successful about it. Not saying that they scored goals or got a shot off, but they did get behind the, the Bruins defense and kind of outskated them a little bit. Yeah.
0: And can we also say congratulations to Peter Kaharek for getting his first goal? Because the kid deserved oh, yeah.
3: it. Yeah, absolutely, oh,
4: yeah. absolutely. That's so been a... going for a while when
3: he's yeah. been
4: playing with the team.
3: No, yeah, well, yeah. the last I, I believe the last time he did tr- almost get a goal, it got called back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's terrible. That <laughs> what a feeling to to yeah, like that, to get that first that was... goal and, and that emotion, and all of a sudden have it shot down.
0: <laughs> that was the regular occurrence last year, remember? Yeah.
3: Goal gets back. And this one almost sure got he, shut down.
4: I'm pretty sure he had one as well that was like it hit someone's skate on the way in. And it was going in anyway, but it got overturned. I'm sure that was someone like Vitrano last year. Got a goal off him because he shot it against his leg pad. But that's I, I always find that a tough one to watch when, when a rookie gets something like that where it takes a tiny little touch off another player. But
3: yeah, how about Kevin Miller's play? <laughs> Big Bobby Orr. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> yeah, Big Bobby I've never, Orr. I've
4: never, I have never seen him like skate the zone like that and fly. That yeah. was a very risky play, to be fair. But
0: it's like he had to go to the bathroom and get off the ice. <laughs> yeah, flying out there. Good on him, though. No, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's hey, what absolutely. we need from the defenseman. Yeah. If he would have coughed it up, we'd be going, oh, God, he sucked.
3: Yeah, the eye rolls.
0: Like I, I was making the joke when I, w- I looked at Twitter this morning before I watched the game, and everybody was dumping on Brandon Carlo, and then that went away real quick. And then so I'm watching the highlights, and I watched the goal get called back, and I'm like, oh, that's when that happened. That's when everybody decided that he was the worst
3: player on the team. Yeah. I mean, he he does have games that he's, he's solid. and I mean, when I say solid, I, I mean defensively. Um, we all we all know he's a big boy, uh, can handle his own, is also one of the key members that will be on the ice to uh, defend a teammate. But um, sometimes his defensive plays and sometimes his mistakes really catch up to him. But there's other times that he just shows some really flashes of brilliance. And and last year, I know we talked about it. I think we both, all three of us saw this goal, but it was so Avechkin-like. He just came into the zone and just... Ripped it, I believe it was top shelf or even short side. Um, yeah, What last year correct.
0: at the end of the year, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. he just yeah. he came, came down, in came the zone the and
3: just you know gave that leg kick and that and that just that that flex of the stick. I mean, you I, if you did a frame by frame of Alex Ovechkin taking a shot like that and Kevin Miller, I swear to God, it'll probably be pretty damn close. Yeah, but <laughs> no,
4: but. with Krug being out as well I mean it must be difficult for him because he had Chara on the ice with him before and we all know Chara's vocal and last night that pass that led to the goal no one no one looked to talk to him and tell him where to go with the puck because no one said that that side of the net was open or anything not from what I could hear from uh, the TV but it's just They've got to be more vocal out there. They've got to have leaders on every line that are going to talk and tell them what where's open or whether they should skate the puck or like just dump it out. It's that's like basic hockey, and it's not happening at the moment. Some games it does, some games it doesn't.
3: But yeah. uh, speaking of leadership, I, I, I'm actually adding this one into our agenda. Uh, there's some rumors going around, um, not completely true. I went, I, well, they weren't confirmed. So let's put it that way. But since a player like Jerome McGinley is in the Boston area, uh, oh. I know. I, I just, I gotta, I gotta say it. But there's been a lot of people that have expressed serious interest in in, in having this kid return, and definitely talked I to. I wouldn't call him a kid. No, I know, yeah. I I know. <laughs> Sorry, I I keep thinking about his son, uh, that uh, one of his children that do play at the Warrior Ice Arena, and that's why he's very close to, to uh, not only the house in Boston that he recently purchased, but he's close to the team with, the uh, the practice facility at the uh, Warrior Ice. So, um, but a lot of people talk about that leadership role that he played in, and he had a thirty goal season, which was definitely the best year he had. Um, since leaving the Calgary Flames uh, for the Pittsburgh Penguins, which everybody knows that he's supposed to come to the Bruins, but whatever. But I, I, I don't see that being a huge role in leadership because the, the kid has I – mean, the kid, I did it again. The, the player, uh, Iginla, has not seen game action since April. I don't believe that's a smart idea to bring a guy in like that. Even though he's probably fit, he's working out and does have the money to to rent ice anytime he wants. But if you're not in game action, you're really not fully prepared. But there's a lot of people that seem to put their blinders on to that aspect and just say that um, his words on the bench in the locker room uh, far precede his uh, production on the ice. Uh, Do you guys agree at all? I'm just curious. I
4: wouldn't have him back. It takes a spot from one of the younger guys, and I mean, we were just talking about waiver claim players before. It's going to cost someone going down to have him here, so I wouldn't have him. Yeah, I think he can still do the job. Don't get me wrong. I think he'd be more of a grindy player than a scoring player, but I, I just don't see it. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um... My, my thought process is here, and this might squash all rumors. He, if he's coming back, he's coming back for his last year. Why would he come back to a fringe playoff hockey club? Why wouldn't he go and try and go with a Stanley Cup and take take Lester money and go play for Pittsburgh or, or somebody that, you know? Pittsburgh's not far from Boston either, so right. Um, why wouldn't he go to a cup contender? Like, if I was him, I'd be calling up Iserman, his buddy, who he's friends with, and be like, hey, I'll come play for the minimum. Right, I'll come play in Tampa. It's
3: it's an hour flight.
0: Where do I sign up?
3: And that, and that's another thing that it, you know, like you've brought up, Court is is why is he exploring other teams? You know, I,
0: why, I how do we not know he is?
3: Well, I mean, I know his agent. I, I don't I don't know this, but I, hearing his agent is always, you know, receiving offers, but he's just waiting for the perfect one to come to him. So. Uh, he can an, I, wait as long as
0: he wants. I know,
3: and that's the thing with me. is like I just don't see any urgency to him to come to Boston because if if that was going to happen, or any other team, for that matter, in the National Hockey League that he was interested in, you, you'd believe it would have happened by now.
4: Yeah.
3: So, just <clears throat> not. I just found it interesting that, you know, everybody's like, you know, this, not everybody, but certain people, like, this guy's available, and he's just, he's so good, and... And his toughness. His toughness was a big issue about everybody, you know, uh, bringing him back, saying that he sticks up for players, which is true. I, you know, I saw that when when he played for the Bruins, uh, he was definitely there for for a teammate. But I, I don't want to bring a player back just for that reason. It's, you know, you have to play you have to play a full game in the, in this, today's NHL to be a, an effective player, in my opinion. And whether you're, you're a goal scorer, uh, a passer, a fighter. Grinder, whatever you want. If you have it all, then then you're always welcome, in my opinion. But it's not my team, so... And not to be selfish, but, uh, you know, I wouldn't
0: mind uh, having him for Team Canada for the Olympics. There you go. And that's probably one of the reasons why he's holding out. It could be a very good reason.
3: Yeah, I mean... The guy's fit, he's trained, he's probably doing his thing, and, and, you know, like I said, he's got enough money for ice, so he, he would very well be prepared for something like that, so... Captain Canada. Captain Canada. He's not, but okay.
4: <laughs> um, he might be this year.
0: Yes. <laughs> and if Russia doesn't send teams because they're getting banned for all the doping, and then they're having a suck. Oh yeah, that's that crazy. All the news from having, over there. So that's hilarious. They're having a suck that their players who were caught cheating are not allowed to play, so they think that's unfair. Sure. <laughs> uh,
3: Okay. Yeah, actually I, I heard something on the uh recent Puck Soup podcast with um Greg Wyshinsky and uh Dave Lonzo. Um I think they were talking about this and saying that the stuff that is banned over in Russia is accepted in the National Hockey League. Isn't that isn't that weird? Yes. So <laughs> I don't know. I I don't get that, but I mean and and that's exactly why um Wyszynski brought up was um uh, Nicholas Backstrom, why he failed and could not play for um, uh, his country, which was uh, Finland, I believe, right? Well, is uh, he is he Russian? No, he's not Russian. Okay. I think he's like
0: Backstrom. It, Backstrom is it should be it's Swedish. Swedish. Oh, yeah, yeah. right. Backstrom. <laughs> Backstrom.
3: Hey, never claim to be perfect.
0: No, no, that's why we have you're wrong. Remember, folks. Yes. When We screw up. You send Mark an email and let us know when we'll read it. <laughs> black and Gold Podcast, you're wrong.
3: <laughs> you're just setting my shit up for have my phone just explode with emails.
0: I'm okay with it. Hey. Well then I'll direct should, them to you. That's fine.
3: It Should
0: just be a hashtag on Twitter. Yeah, hashtag black and gold wrong. <laughs>
3: um I definitely want to talk about the um the recent Hall of Fame inductions uh, last weekend, but I want to get to the uh, this week's What You Bruin mailbag. We do have two questions. We didn't have any last week, but I'm glad some participation is happening. Uh, our, our dear friend in Alabama, I hope he's enjoying uh, Southern professional hockey down in, um, in the Alabama Birmingham area, Hollis Jackson. Uh, if the Bruins were to make moves during the season on the deadline, Who in the organization would you label as untouchable? Wow, this is a really good one. Um,
4: Bergeron, Marchand, Pasternak, uh, Krug, Chara, McAvoy, Carlo, uh, Rask. Uh, And anyone who's not played a full season for the Bruins yet any rookie players court
0: uh Bergeron Pasternak uh DeBrusque McAvoy Martian it's not that big of a list for me just solely based on I just want to keep the core right right I keep a core and uh I'm open to suggestions on the other players, but if I'm going to be trading Krejci, I wouldn't trade him just to dump the salary. It just it just doesn't you'd make want, any sense to me yeah, because he, what he brings to the team. Good, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, and I'd throw Brandon Carlo on that list too, but the yeah. rest. Yeah, I, I I would. I'd have no problem trading Krug. Um, uh,
3: just it is what it is. Just the way I look at it. And 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 I'm going to have to agree with you, Court, and and I'm going to agree with Rob too on on the on the players that he chose, but I'm I'm more of a guy that that just, you know, I I love Cap Friendly. I'm oh my God, yeah, CapFriendly.com. I thought I said okay. Cap Geek. Um, CapFriendly.com is one of my my tools I use on a daily basis to find uh, who's going where and and movement and just great information. I highly suggest you use it, uh, but the the only real attractive player that's on this Bruins team that does not have a no trade no movement clause at all attached to him the day he signed a 5 year deal is that um Tory Krug uh and Tory Tory might be an a very attractive member uh, of this Bruins team that other teams want to um add to their their uh, their lineup and and cuz of his mobility he's got good puck skills i mean He's having a tough time this year, and and I thought had a tough time last year. But uh, he he has been getting banged up. I mean, you definitely saw that in last week's games. Um, but he's still an effective player. And he's still a great team guy. So, I mean, unfortunately, I don't want to see him move. But I mean, things happen, and 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 players that don't have those NTCs and M and M- NMCs don't, you know, are the ones that are really um moved first before core guys that uh have long term deals. So but yeah, that's it. What,
4: the let's do the guys that we think will be moved at the deadline.
0: Or or would be used as wanting to be moved.
4: Yeah.
3: Because I
0: cause, 'cause the guys we're gonna have on the list might not get moved.
4: I can guarantee there's three guys that are possible Movers at the deadline. That's a
0: Uh, big word to use the word guarantee. Hashtag black and gold, you're wrong.
4: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I can guarantee they'll listen to offers for these players. Let's put it that way. Uh, That is Riley Nash, who's at the end of his contract with the Bruins. Uh, Ryan Spooner, who signed a one year deal, prove me deal this year. And Anton Pudorban, if he keeps playing like this and we're not in the playoffs.
3: Correct. And this is a great segue on Anton Hudobin next year. Um, next yeah, next year. We're not segueing. We're still on the question. Oh damn it! All
4: right, sorry. Uh, I was going to listen to what you guys had to exactly.
3: think of that's players thing. That make can't here. I I <laughs> I am all <laughs> for those players that you mentioned, Rob. But the the one that's very attractive to me is the uh, Anton Hudobin, and it's not a hate thing. People, please. Hashtag I'm wrong. Um, but, Anto- oh, I'm uh, the, the, the go- yeah, thank you for I'm wrong again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I believe from what I've read in uh, a couple few articles in the past uh, couple weeks that the goaltending market is going to definitely be a lot stronger in the next couple of years, and it could start next season. So to retain Anton Hudobin, re- regardless of whether he does good or bad, um, obviously the good right now is increasing his, um, his value in, in any trade talks right now and any forward progress and outstanding play is going to constitute uh, more money so but the other thing is is if you definitely want to stay under that um, you know a cap friendly deal I talked with this uh, with uh, Lauren Campbell which is a guest on, uh, later on in the show she was uh, great enough to um, to join me in a great conversation. Um, we talked about this too. Is uh, Zane McIntyre is on a two way, two way, uh, two year, two way deal, and he could easily walk in at a cap friendly number uh, to be that backup, and I think that that's what's going to happen. I'm not saying definite going to happen, but I believe that that could happen. So uh, I
0: disagree. Kudobin can't come back and want more money because of cap. Right. So if he comes in and says, hey, I want more money than I got last year, Don Sweeney's like, all right, have a nice
3: career. But even if he walks free agency. He is. He's a UFA next year. Right. To go back to Rob's question, the more better he plays right now, it increases trade value also. So the Bruins cannot deny value there uh, before the trade, the trade deadline. So look
0: at a look at a team like Pittsburgh that's dying for a goaltender. Yeah, and they just so,
3: did they wave Niemi. Yeah, yeah,
0: what? Who hasn't waved Niemi? I know. That's the, is that
3: the third team this year that that guy's gone to and just can't stick.
0: I think it's yeah. only the second.
3: Okay, all right. Well,
0: I've no, not. No, he was he sure. was at
4: one team. Then he went to Flo- then he was waved and went to Florida. Yeah, then he was so waved again and went to Pittsburgh. Is it?
0: No, but, Pittsburgh started with waved oh. went to Florida. Florida and waved
4: him. Someone's now, picked him up. So Montreal. 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 Yeah.
0: Montreal. yeah. There, you go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Garbage truck on fire. <laughs> yeah. so, we'll take that. <laughs> yeah. So, like, so the way I look at it is it, he could be that piece where you could get a second round pick for. And to get a second round pick for, you know, that'd be amazing.
4: Right. Oh, yeah. So, Especially if that second round pick becomes something. <laughs> yeah. Because then you you look back and go, uh,
0: yeah. Only if we're not making the playoffs, which is more than likely. But it's just one of those things. Unfortunately, if he starts playing well,
3: you have this asset that you can move now and get something for. Yeah. And like I said, it's not a hate thing that I said that. It's just you have to look at every angle when you come to a player like this and how they're playing. So, I mean, if if all of a sudden Tukarast does not like what's going on right now, and he comes out and plays well and increases any value to his uh, repertoire, then if he wants to waive his no trade, then you seek options for that. You know, yeah. you, you explore any and all opportunities to make your team better. And that's better. Yeah. Don't do it just to get rid of it. And don't do it for the sake of um, a fan base that can't stand a player. You just you do it for the right reasons. Yeah. And I'll tell
4: you what, if Tukaras does get traded, it better be for a really good goaltending prospect who is a surefire starter in the NHL. Right. Yeah, you, don't, you don't want you don't want to pull a Vancouver. No. With this with this goaltending depth
3: Yeah, it's I won't chance it. At... It's a little sketchy. I mean besides Vladar, but um
4: yeah. and Vladar is a long way away. Oh yeah,
3: absolutely. It's not like
4: it's not like two years he's gonna be back in well, didn't, back in the NHL.
0: I don't know if you can. I don't hear it, and I don't know if you ever hear. But I know there's this uh, extremely terrible radio station in Boston that everybody makes fun of. Uh, that Felder guy. <laughs> oh know. yeah. He's an ass. Guy. He's an asshat. I'll say it. Yeah. Um. Especially his comment about Roy Holiday. The guy's got no respect. Yeah. Um, the guy just deserves to be off the air. Classless. He said, we, should, "We should, yeah, classless. He, we should bring in Cam Talbot. I <laughs> uh, not Cam Talbot. Uh, Cam Ward. I was like, oh, so oh, man. I did
3: hear that. I did hear oh. that. I tend not to hear anything that you know, that guy ever says out of his mouth, regardless of people say he's a good hockey personality. I don't find that true. I find him very sure. annoying. So, But bringing in a guy that's about to retire, I mean, yeah. you have to stop doing that. If you want no, to create like, anything. If you can
0: get, yeah, if you can get lightning in a bottle and get something like uh, Edmonton got out of Cam Talbot, even though he's having a bad year this year in Edmonton, um, and Ras can be moved and someone's willing to take that contract and we don't have to eat any of it, maybe it's an option if he continues to play poorly this year.
3: Right. Yeah. Uh, staying on the goaltending thing, uh, good friend Frank Doughty um, wants to know if there's any more clarification on the goalie on loan from the Blues, uh, Jordan Bainton, uh moving forward. Will he be with us all year? From my understanding, Frank, the, the agreement with the Bruins, uh, I'm sorry, the uh, St. Louis Blues and the Providence Bruins, is a, a year thing um so yeah. with vladar uh spending a majority of his time down in the uh, east coast hockey league with the atlantic gladiators i think he's definitely going to be here for the remaining of the season and i mean he's playing okay i gotta give him credit uh he played very well today uh, he played good last one of the last week's games so he's definitely just, you know, filling that gap that uh, Malcolm Subban uh, left when he got moved to uh, the Golden Knights. So I, I'm not sure I was at, I wrote an article about why he was here and it got called out by um, a pretty uh, significant scout in the uh, New England area, which is now um, located in the uh, United States hockey league belt in uh, central uh, United States. So I'm not going to mention any names, but, uh, he suggested uh, before I write an article like that ever again that I contact the team and find out why they made a move like that. So I'm going to take that advice and and move forward and and try to find some information. So and I'm actually I'm actually I actually sent an email out last week about trying to get uh, Providence Bruins media credentials, and I haven't heard anything back yet. So. Um, if that happens I have accessibility to talk about that and I'll definitely get it on audio and and present it on the show if I get the opportunity to you know make this happen so yeah. we'll see and what happens
4: you gotta think as well with a, with a prospect like that if he does go to free agency at any point the Bruins probably will be his first pick to go to if he's already played for the AHL team so right, that's always good as
3: well yeah, and uh, I'm not sure if it'll be a Bruins thing. I think it would be more of an AHL contract, and a, and possibly a one way or two way deal. Yeah. So, uh, thank you very much, everybody, for the the questions, Hollis and and Frank. We appreciate that. We try to get our Patreons um, questions answered with the highest priority. So, if you guys definitely want to get in on that, um, go to Patreon dot com slash black and gold hockey podcast and uh donate so um getting back to what i was what i wanted to talk about and we didn't do this last last week and i i totally forgot about writing it down but it's even better now that we cover it and and that's the uh, uh national hockey leagues hall of fame inductions uh last week and and two bruin players that spent some time in boston uh dave I got the call to the hall, and, and both very well-deserving. Um, I'm going to start with Dave Andrew Chuck, just because it's going in order. Uh, he played 63 games in the black and gold and had 19 goals, 14 assists, 33 points with Boston in the 1999-2000 season. And uh, he, I mean, his NHL career was 1,639 games played, uh, 640 goals. 698 assists 1338 total points What what is, is astonishing about this gentleman is, is his size and his grit and his determination to be that power forward and that nuisance in front of a goaltender but the one the thing that st- stood out for me is his 274 uh, power play goals and is still an NHL record um, I love Dave Andrechuk. I I. I Watched a lot of his hockey growing up, and he was just that guy that just had the will and determination to crash the net and just make your day a very bad one, whether it be on the score sheet or a uh, or a bruising <laughs> hit, cheap shot, whatever you want to call it. But um, and he was also involved in the trade, which um, one of the reasons why he did not play a full season. Uh, in the, in that year was he was involved in the trade to uh, co- uh Colorado when Ray Bork got traded so and uh went on to get his cup two years later so uh yeah, Stan-
0: he got a cup with uh Tampa, no?
3: no no I'm talking about Ray Bork
0: no okay yeah Andrew
3: chuck Andrew Chuck did get the um uh, Stanley cup in, with the Tampa Bay lightning um under- he
0: solidified his his Hall of Fame right induction
3: but uh he went on he did go in the uh ninety nine two thousand year to uh the Colorado avalanche with Ray Bork, but did not stay that second season when Bork got the cup. so um mark recy uh what can you be say about this guy i mean i've I've watched him um throughout my my life uh watching hockey so uh he joined the team from the Tampa Bay lightning in two thousand eight and nine um With the Bruins, he had 188 games played, 180 games played, 42 goals, 65 assists, 107 points, uh, retired after the Stanley Cup with Boston in 2011. His NHL career, 1,652 games played, 577 goals, 956 assists, uh, for a grand total of 1,533 points. Um... (laughs) I loved when he came here. He came here for a pretty cheap price, if I'm not mistaken, uh, when we sent the player to Tampa Bay. But I, I think a player like Mark Recchi is, is definitely not going to come uh, anytime soon in the NHL. And what he did to a player like Patrice Bergeron and uh, the confidence boost and leadership that he, um, you know, Enshrined into, into a, a player like Bergeman was, was just, you, you can't buy that. You know, that's, that's not on a dollar value at all. And I'm, I think that's one of the reasons why, um, the, the team won the Stanley cup in 2011 was because of a guy like that. And, um, you, you guys obviously remember Reki right?
4: Yeah.
3: Any thoughts yeah. on, uh, on his call to the hall? Just
4: really well deserved. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's a, he's a great hockey player. Yeah. He's played
0: with some great hockey players. He's played, but he had great years in Philly, great years in Montreal, great years in Pittsburgh, he, great years in Carolina. Geez, the guy's just good everywhere he goes.
3: Yep. So, depth. And I, I, I mentioned something about Jeremy Jacobs last last week, but um, he had a couple of good <clears throat> things to say. Obviously, it's a speech. Um, I'm not going to knock the guy for that. And, you know, it is what it is. Whether you like the, the call to the hall in, in the builders um, category or not, I, I believe he he deserved it. Um, there's a lot of things that happen that go on in business, especially hockey business that a lot of people don't understand. But um, the cheap thing always comes up and this and that. So, um.
0: Well, it was funny. A, a fan of ours um, talked to me on Twitter and explained to me, because I asked, you know, why is it? Like, I know he's probably done a lot for the game, and everybody's like, well, he's, the, the tickets are the most expensive. Well, I looked it up. So the Bruins are the eighth highest ticket price in the league, not the most. Um, and concessions-wise, they're not the most either. They're um, they're sixth. So the team that I live and have to watch on TV on a regular basis, they're number one in both. Toronto Maple Leafs, highest ticket price, highest average ticket price, sorry and highest concessions in yeah, the media no one ever dumps on the ownership ever then again the ownership is Bell and Rogers and they kind of <laughs> own all TV but you'd ever hear anybody dumping on them ever it's kind of
3: weird well that's that's the market though I mean that's you're, you're living in in pretty much the the, the mecca of the hockey world, and expect I know, I know it sucks, man. I'm sorry, man. As no, much as no, I, it's
0: the way people call it, I'm like, Ugh.
3: I I know, <laughs> but you know, you're gonna get stuff hey, like the that. The mecca of
0: the hockey world had the worst team
3: for like 40 years. Yeah, yeah, and and another thing, which is weird about that area that you live in, is um. The NHL Network and the American Hockey League uh, recently came out with a schedule of ten games that they're going to show on the uh, on the, uh, the NHL Network, and I found a You don't fun... get it here. What?
0: In Canada, we don't get NHL Network. Are you serious? Yeah, they don't have. Well, because we have Rogers, right? So Rogers owns. Like on a Saturday night on my TV, there's like five or six different hockey games I can watch, not <laughs> just the Leafs, not just I get Montreal, Toronto. I get everybody. All the Canadian teams. They're all on TV.
3: Well, you wanna know what kills me about that? That whole thing? Is six of the ten games are gonna to be Toronto Marlies. <laughs>
0: they're
3: gonna show five of those games at the Rico Center and one game at the um at the Air Canada Center. And the other one, the other three are gonna to go to uh Binghamton. Uh I believe Hershey and um lehigh valley and i wrote an article about this too and and it's the uh attendance like the providence bruins have a good have a top five attendance while toronto lehigh valley they're all way lower in the ranks which i you know so it kind of just reminded me of that conversation we had a little while ago about the market in toronto and so on and how they always want to you know Get everything and get involved in everything around that area in that team or an organization. So, if it wasn't for
0: for all the fans out there, watch next time you watch a Leaf game. At the beginning of each period, check out how many empty seats are behind the bench. It's yeah. it's absolutely ridiculous. When you go to a Leaf game, the people that are sitting up in the top, they're fans. Yeah, they're wearing jerseys. The people down below, they're all, rich guys. All corporate. It's all corporate. It's ridiculous. You you could probably go through two whistles in the first five minutes of the second period, and those seats are still not full.
3: <laughs> Jesus.
0: The games are sold out every game. Like they're sold out every game. But the people that are there, they're not fans. It's sad. It's it, I feel bad for, because there's so many of my friends that are huge Leaf fans, and they deserve to be able to go to a game. It it would cost you a family of four, pff, well over a thousand dollars. Jeez. To go to a game. That's nuts. It's a joke. And that was before they even had Austin Matthews, when they had the absolute worst product in the world and they were charging an arm and
3: a leg to go. Right. And they're still selling out every game. (laughs) It's crazy. Uh, But um, I think we've come to a conclusion of uh, the 72nd episode, gentlemen. Um, Thank you again very much. Uh, Stay tuned for... The Frankfurt (laughs) Toronto. Oh. I I just did that. I know. Get I, I, now. I know. Well, it's either that or our podcast is going to get cursed with technical difficulties, like the uh, Jordan Karan one. <laughs> Remember that, Rob? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I shouldn't even <laughs> mention that guy's name. Uh, please stay tuned for my weekly uh, pr- uh, prospect update, and also a very special guest, Lauren Campbell. She writes for the uh, this week in the Woo.com dot uh, com Worcester paper. And also uh, Couch Guy Sports, so I'm really excited to have her on, and uh, I hope you guys are too. So, thank you very much. Please don't don't forget to rate us and and uh, say some nice or bad words on Apple Podcasts, um, search for us on iHeartRadio, Radio, SoundCloud, Google Play, Player.fm, FM, and so on. So, bye. <laughs> hey, Rod, are,
4: are you are you actually kidding me? You just said Joe.
3: <laughs> and you went out. <laughs> oh, man. It's true. I'm telling you. We just lost Rob for like three seconds, and, and we just mentioned uh, the curse. So uh, we'll, we definitely, and he's gone again. <laughs> we definitely will not say that again. Um, thank you very much for listening, everybody. We'll definitely be back next week. Um, be safe. And please, uh, our American yeah. listeners, please have a happy and safe Thanksgiving. Um,
0: Happy Black Friday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm psyched.
3: I look forward to be with family and friends and many drinks as I have a, a four-day weekend coming up, so I'm pumped. Take care, everybody. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, it's time for this week's uh, edition of the Bruins Prospect Update for the week of November 12th to the 18th, 2017. Starting off in the American Hockey League with the Providence Bruins, the Baby Bees played two games last week, starting on Sunday, November 12th, on the road in Springfield, Massachusetts, with a 4-3 overtime loss to the hand of the Thunderbirds. Baby Bees' goal scorers were Ryan Fitzgerald, Jakobs Vorzbach Carlson, and first ever pro goal from Emil Johansson. I have to mention 2015 first-round pick Zach Sinishin. He uh, assisted on all three Bruins goals and has been playing very well as of late. Goaltender on loan Jordan Bennington stopped 32-36 Thunderbird shots. On Friday night at the dunk in Providence, Rhode Island, the Baby Bees hosted the Hershey Bears and were completely outplayed in a 4-1 regulation loss. Justin Hickman was the only Bruins goal scorer on a night which was unassisted. Zane McIntyre, who's been struggling lately, took the loss, stopping 21 and 24 shots. The Providence team is now sitting in fourth position in the Atlantic Division with a 7-5-2 record with 18 points and get back to work at one this afternoon at the dunk against the Hershey Bears, a team they played Friday night. Bruins prospect Jakobsboro has been out of action since November 11th ...when he took a heavy hit into the head from wilkes barre scranton Penguins player Andre Pidan... Uh, ...who was assessed a minor penalty for the hit and a five-minute fighting major... ...as teammate Kenny Agostano came to the defense uh, of his defenseman. Sboro missed the last two games with an upper body injury. Pidan, on the other hand, was suspended the following Monday... ...for four games by the American Hockey League for a charging major... Which resulted in the head injury. We hope Yakov returns quickly and has been uh, through concussion protocol, but his return remains uncertain. In the East Coast Hockey League, the Atlanta Gladiators goaltender Dan Bladar only appeared in one game for the Glads last week and took a beating in the Wednesday, November 15th morning road game against the Greenville Swamp Rabbits. In the front of a packed house of schoolchildren stopping 36 of those 42 Greenville shots, taking the 6-3 loss. Vladar is now 4-2-1-1 on the season with a 3.10 goals against average and .906 save percentage. In the Ontario Hockey League with the Oshawa Generals, 2017 second-round pick Jessica Studnika snapped his 12-game point streak and recent 5-game pointless streak. On Thursday night, November 16th, with a goal and an assist and a 4-1 win over Peterborough Pete's team. The next night, Friday, November 17th, he had a shorthanded goal and a 4-2 loss to the Mississauga Steelheads and now has 6 goals, 14 assists, 20 points uh, through 22 games. In the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, the St. John Sea Dogs, Sea Dogs forward Cedric Pare easily had his best game of the 2017 18 season last week on Friday, November 17th, as he contributed four points in his 7 2 win over the Halifax Mooseheads. Both goals from Pare were scored in the power play and was named the uh, team's second star. Or, I'm sorry, the game's second star. Pare who missed close to 2 weeks of action with a minor injury before returning to action against the Mooseheads now has 7 goals, 5 assists, 12 points in 21 games played this season. In the NCAA men's hockey Bruins prospect Trent Frederick from the University of Wisconsin, the former 2016 First-round selection snapped a career-high four-game pointless slump on Friday night, November 17th, when he collected a goal and an assist in a 7-3 win over Michigan. On Saturday, November 18th, once again matching up against the Michigan team, he added an assist in a 4-4 overtime tie, as the team, as the teams got back on, tra- as he seems to be back on track offensively. I'm very sorry about those stuttering. Uh, Trent now has six goals, seven assists, 13 number points in 15 games this season and is tied for first in scoring with teammate Ryan Wagner. Fellow Wisconsin Badgers uh, teammate of Frederick and uh, team captain Cameron Hughes also had a great weekend alongside Frederick with a goal on Friday night and a goal on Saturday night against Michigan. The senior forward now has 6-4. Six goals, four assists, 10 points, in 15 games played. Ryan Donato, Harvard University. Ryan played in two games last week, scoring a goal on Friday night, November 17th against Minnesota, and added an assist in Saturday night's repeat matchup against the Gophers. Donato now has points in every game he's played in so far this season and is leading the Crimson team in scoring with four goals, five assists, nine points. University of Maine goaltender and Bruins prospect Jeremy Swayman, the 2017 goaltender, selected in the first fourth round by the Bruins, appeared in one game last, last week on Friday, November 17th, stopping 40 or 42 shots in a 5-2 victory over the Boston University Terriers. Swayman, a freshman this season, has appeared in six games, posting a record of 3-2-0 with a goals-against average of 2.71 and a .919 save percentage. And that is this week's uh, Bruins prospect update. Please stay tuned because coming up next, my interview with Lauren Campbell. We had a great time talking Bruins hockey, and I hope you stick around to, to hear it coming up next. Hey, Bruins fans, welcome back. I um i'm excited to have this person on i've been trying to get her on the show for a while now we've been going back and forth on the twitter but uh, i have with me on the uh... skype line lauren campbell she writes for this week in uh, worcester dot com and also a bruins writer for couchguysports.com and you can you can find her on twitter and i'm going to try this i'm going to do it i've been practicing <laughs> At L A L A L A L A U R R R R E N. Did I get it?
1: You nailed it. Nice. You nailed it. <laughs> nice.
3: Lauren, thank you so much for taking some time today and uh talking some Bruins hockey.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me on. I'm excited to talk this Bruins team. Um
3: <laughs> Yeah, it is it is exciting to talk about, but it's also can be depressing at the same time. Um uh, being a diehard fan, I, I'd like to get some of uh, how you got involved in writing and how you became a fan.
1: Uh, well, as far as like how I became a fan, it's all my grandmother. I owe her all that credit. Growing up, um, we watched sports together, and that included hockey. Um, I am Canadian; um, she's from Canada, so obviously it's in our blood. So I kind of got that going for me. And as for writing, it's just same thing. It's been something I've done really my whole life, and. Then realizing as I got older through high school and college I could pursue it as a career I decided why not so I covered sports in high school and college and now I'm doing it professionally so it's all worked out in the end.
3: That's awesome and I, if I'm not mistaken I think I met you at the last Blog of Palooza in March of this year.
1: Yep yes you did that was um, that was a lot of fun got to meet a lot of writers yourself included and that was that was a lot of fun it was great great event
3: yeah i met adam as well and uh he's he's your uh your uh teammate on the uh c l n s media uh site right
1: yep that is correct good nice. old adam
3: yeah adam's fun um so uh, the the bruins obviously didn't have a great start uh to this year and and barring all the injuries um i i'm curious you know thought about the youth and i know that the youth movement has just been pushed on us because uh, six or seven players have been out for a majority of the uh, 2017-18 campaign so far. But do you have any concerns about this youth and and where they might be placed in the future in permanent roles?
1: Uh, Not so much, really. I don't really have too many concerns about the youth just because I've watched them in Providence. Obviously, Charlie McAvoy watched in college. So I know that they're very capable players. The only thing I'm really worried about is because of all the injuries, you know, they're put, up, or they're put on the spot, essentially, and they're put in a position where maybe they don't have um, the, the NHL confidence. You know, it's totally different, the AHL to the NHL or to college, you know, NCAA to NHL. So I think my only concern is maybe having their confidence crushed too soon and maybe they can't perform to the level they know they can. But I, for the most part, I'm really not. I'm really, I mean, I love David Poshnok. I think he's fantastic. I think he just needs to slow it down on the ice a little bit. Um, Charlie McAvoy, I'm very impressed with what I see in his first full season with the Bruins. And, you know, the, you know, even like Austin Zarnik, Noel Chari, just watching them has been a lot of fun. Um, but no, I, I really like this, what, where it's going with the youth. I mean, obviously, we know they traded away Tyler Sagan a few years ago. So that was really kind of a crushing blow to the youth because he was so good and so young. But... I mean, other than you know like I said, just that confidence crusher i I really don't have too many concerns
3: um yeah, I mean my my biggest thing right now is is how the message is being related to the players, whether you're a veteran or uh, a rookie that's uh, just getting their feet wet in the NHL today, but um I mean Bruce cassidy uh, and Kevin Dean and J Pandolfo and Joe Sacco behind the bench, they all have their work cut out for them and I, I am not on this this um, let's fire Cassidy train. I, I think it's absolutely ridiculous that people would even consider that, but uh, this is gonna take time. This is not I, I have this team in a three to five window of even making it to a Stanley Cup final and that's not even saying winning it. just just an appearance just because if, everything's got to gel. you still have to create chemistry um, and and that doesn't happen overnight. It does take a while. Um, are you are you up on any of this Cassidy craziness or is it, are you just like uh, with me and, and, and many others that just say let's relax and just uh, let's see how it pans out because this team might not even make the playoffs but there are some positive things moving forward
1: oh yeah I mean I don't understand why people are calling for Cassidy's head so soon where, I mean we're not even halfway through the season we're a month and a half into it so and he was kind of thrown in I mean I know he knows this system but, you know, you fire Claude halfway through the season last year and then he's just got to take over. And, he's you know, he's got to figure out where he's going with this team. He needs to figure out, you well know, what works best for the team, what works best for him. And it's a lot of pressure being a head coach. And, I mean, he knows that. He was the coach of the Capitals. Obviously, it didn't go so well there. But I think people are quick to jump on the, the fire whoever the head coach is trained. It's, it's easy to blame them, of course, but at the end of the day – it, it's not Cassidy who's out there playing he and I know they need to answer to him and he needs to discipline how he sees fit with these players and figure out like I said figure out what works best for them but it, he's an easy target and he's even easier because he's new
3: yeah and and i I'm, as you are, I'm a huge follower of the Providence Bruins as well I, I subscribe to AHL live every year and watch both home and away games um and and impressed with what Jay Leach is doing down there as his first year behind the bench. But uh, when you talk about Cassidy and and his pri- previous experience, um, Providence is uh, his six or seven years down there was huge for him, and and it was huge because he got to see a lot of the players that he currently uh, has on his bench right now, and 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 that you know teamwork or or you know I'm I'm your kind of uh, mentor. Uh, type of person it is huge in in a, in a lineup like this with such a young players right now, but, you know, with the injuries. But um, sometimes I just get the feeling when I'm watching this uh, this team, I, I I I almost feel like I'm the the message. Whether it doesn't, re, it's regardless on who's behind the bench, but the message to the vets and maybe to the younger players is just not coming out the same. And and maybe maybe fans are taking that as it, they, they're not communicating and, and things aren't working as well as it should be. But this team does have a new coach. I mean, we all heard about how how Claude was with certain players. Well, now this team has a new coach and we're moving forward and almost seems like, wow, with a lot of the vets. And, and the way that Cassidy calls them out, saying that you got to be a better pro, you got to show up every night. And, um, you know, I... I I hope it's not going down this road, but uh, I just I just want to see this team do a lot better. But I'm curious on on how you feel about the communication and so on, and if it takes uh, if it's going to happen soon, or maybe even after this season.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I personally am a fan of when players get called out. I think that's important. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah, it can be done privately, and, but at the same time. The players know when they're not playing up to their expectations and obviously the Bruins know they're not playing up to their expectations right now despite the injuries that they're plagued with at the moment but I, I can understand why people don't like that I can understand why people think it could cause kind of a rift in the locker room but I think it's important I don't think if you're if you're playing poorly one night when you're expected to play really well you shouldn't get a free pass you you need to be better on the ice and especially for for veterans i mean they're the voice of this team for the youth and they're the leaders and essentially the the youth is going to take after what they do so i think it's important for cassidy to do that and i think it's important for the players to respond appropriately too
3: yeah and, and as, i'm not a huge fan of of, of like going and to the retirement home and, and trying to find uh the leaders we i mean don't get me wrong, Mark Rickey was a huge asset to that 2011 team, and, and coming back for a second season to make that happen was a huge confidence boost to, to uh, the lineup that year, and also Patrice Bergeron. Uh, those two were definitely good friends, and they hit it off. Um, if things don't go the way they should go, or as fans are expected to go, um, would, you see, would you see this team making a deal for an older player, or... Is it just best to stand fat and, um, and just ride this out?
1: Uh, see, this is where I'm torn because I feel like they should make a move for a veteran player. Not that I don't have – I mean, I have a lot of love and respect for Chara. I think he's fantastic. But at the same time, they need a Mark Reckey, They need a Sean Thornton. They need that kind of big, powerful voice. And I kind of – I'll compare it to the Red Sox when, you know, they lost David Ortiz. They didn't have that voice last season. And it kind of, you can see how it affected them throughout the entire season and into the playoffs. So I think they should. My only concern is, you know, does that involve them trading away youth that I don't want to give up? So, and I know that they're capable of doing that. I know that they're capable of making moves that fans and, you know, even personnel maybe don't agree with, but they have to do what they have to do. what's best for the team. And I think getting a veteran would be would be crucial for this team. But I also think it's important to rebuild around the youth that they have, like in McAvoy and Pashtunak.
3: Well, going on that and and not making a trade and not selling off assets. What about bringing back? And I'm I'm not with it, but I do understand the whole scenario of leadership and and role playing, but. Um, in, in the past couple of days, rumors have floated around that Jerome McGinley could be a player of that stature. And he's also very close to Boston buying a house recently, and his kids are, are always at uh, playing hockey at the Warrior Ice Arena. So he's, he's still close. He's close by. Um, do you see him as being a person uh, of interest and, and, and being a uh, returning player to this Bruins team that, that brought 30 goals uh, one year?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen those rumors floating around, and and you know, part of me got excited just because he, I loved when he was here. Um, I I love that you know he signed with with the Penguins and then came to the Bruins and then unfortunately it didn't work out after uh, his time here. But I think he would be a good fit just because, like you said, he you know, he's familiar with Boston and he's close to Boston. Um, it's it's hard. I I mean, I like when players go back to their teams that they've been on before. It's just it's a totally different team than when when he was on here, so that's my only concern with that is maybe he wouldn't mesh well into this system, or maybe he'd clash with you know even Marshand or um, even the youth that's there. So I, I'm very torn on it, but I, I can see it happening. I just don't know if it would be a perfect fit for him.
3: Yeah, and with me when you talk about again, look, and the possibility of coming back, I, I he's he it was a great NHL player for a long period of time. There's no doubt about that. And whether his skill set has fallen off a little bit, you know, th- that's an argument that anybody could have. Um, but my thing is, is if if you if you don't want to, like, completely invest into the youth movement, um, bringing in a player that hasn't seen the ice since, you know, this past April is pretty much the same scenario when it comes down to creating chemistry, because it's not going to be. An over the night thing that he's just going to come in and, and be whipped right back into shape if he is in fact brought back to the Bruins. But uh, I just, it's kind of, you know, almost like the same situation, but a guy with experience.
1: Yeah, and then with the chemistry factor, you know, comes trust. And it's very important to have the trust between your teammates and your coach. And the chemistry, too, is very important, which I think we haven't really seen too much on the ice this season.
3: Absolutely. Um, and trust. Uh, you, you segue very well, Lauren. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I really want to get your opinion. And I know we talked about it uh, a little while ago with, uh, with Court and um, – well, I talked about it with Court and, uh, and Rob. But um, uh, how do you feel about this uh, – this, I'm, I'm doing the air quote, potential uh, goalie controversy. Uh, obviously, Anton Hudobin has a decent record as a backup this year – and got a um a, a huge win against the L.A. Kings on um on Wednesday on Thursday night, and uh, has earned a start uh to, in tonight's game uh, to get some um, um oh lost for words, but uh to get on a roll himself and and to show that um maybe that Tuca needs a a seat on the bench and and to reevaluate what he's doing and his role on this on this on this um on this team, but. Um, is there, is there a controversy? Is it just, you know, Cassidy feeling it out, seeing what's going on? Uh, obviously Tuka gets paid a lot of money and that's his, one of the biggest gripes that fans have. But, um, I'm curious on how you feel about that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, um, I think controversy is a strong word for this right now. Anyway, like I said, it's very early in the season, but, uh, I think what Cassidy's doing is he's just riding the hot hand. Um, like you said, Kudobin has a really good record as a backup. He's undefeated in the season on uh, regulation. So it's very um, – I know it's hard because, like you said, Tuca gets paid a lot of money. And I, I do think he's overpaid, but at the same time, he's also extremely overplayed. I think Julian really – I don't want to say abused him, but kind of like – you know, he he played a lot of games over the last few seasons because he didn't have that reliable backup. When we saw – Oman leave and he went into a starting goalie position and it didn't pan out well for him so maybe he is just a solid backup but i think you know cassie's got to do what he's got to do what's best for this team and that's riding your hot goalie and maybe that'll light something under tuka I, I don't really know and i tweeted out um a few weeks ago like just a you know a what-if scenario that maybe the bruins are riding the hot-handed goalie to like prepare for a trade of Tuca, just like a possibility and I thought that these Juka supporters were going to absolutely rip my head off it was absolutely insane my Twitter blew up with this and it was just it was you know why would you trade an elite number one goalie and I was like well I'm like well when did I say they were going to and B, I I like he's not a number one elite goalie I don't I mean I think he has the potential to be elite absolutely I think his numbers say he is but his play says otherwise and you know, Tuuk is a great goalie. I will never take anything from that. He's, you know, he brought us into the playoffs last year. and it, I mean, we should have been swept, no doubt, by the Senators, but he kept us in those games. And it's also very hard to win games when you're not, not scoring more than a goal or two a night. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like, I'll go back to another Red Sox comparison. You know, Rick Porcello pitched well this season. He just couldn't get the run support. You're losing games 2-1, to one, and he's pitching eight innings, striking out, you know, eight or nine batters. And his number's said terrible things. I know. And also you look at Tuka Rask, his numbers are not good this season. I think he's three and seven um, without the overtime losses. So it's, he's not good this season. I don't know if he's still hurt from his groin injury. I don't know if there's another underlying injury and I don't know if he's just mad at this team. I don't know if he's not happy here. It, it could be a million different things. I don't know Tuka. I don't talk to him, but at the end of the day, you need to ride that hot hand. You need to ride who's doing well. And, this team plays better in front of their backup and that's what they have to go with right now because this team needs points.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And and that's the ultimate goal is to get those two points uh, and, and, and have a competitive season. Um, you know, the, the team right now is not structured for a Stanley cup run. Uh, that's absolutely not going to happen, but um, you still have to be competitive in this league and, and, I, I know that there's so many injuries and so on but it just I, I always use the word step it uh, a word step it up because you know Bergeron says it in his interviews when one guy goes down and other ones inserted in and it's time for him to shine and you know I, with the youth and 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 Cassidy really does. He mixes those lines to a point that I get the feeling that he that chemistry is so hard to get because he's trying to mismatch and and trying to do what he what he feels best and and who he pairs best with and doesn't really allow the um, the whole factor to, of of uh, getting time together. But I mean, hopefully everything pans out. I know it's still early, but we 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 do gauge where the, uh, teams are gonna go with the with the famous uh, Thanksgiving um timetable, you know what I mean? so I, I i I see them being a fringe playoff team. um i I also see them being a team as they have been for the past three seasons that um it's gonna uh, amount to a matter of points. um you know we missed the playoffs by three points, one year, missed the playoffs by two points, got in the third year, but um almost barely
1: yeah it was you know we like you said, just barely made it, and we almost got swept. So I think this is kind of what we expected going forward. and it, this is part of a rebuild. So I know us Boston fans are extremely spoiled with our sports teams and championships, and you know the Celtics are doing a lot of fun like a lot of fun things right now, and the Patriots and Red Sox are, you know you know winter meetings with the Red Sox, and the Patriots are just really, really good like they are every year. So to have the Bruins team kind of just, be mediocre and not get excited about it it sucks for for us fans but you need to come to expect it and it's it's hard and i know we're impatient but i think in a few years it's really going to be worth it
3: yeah um and sticking with the goaltending thing i wanted to ask you your opinion because i know like i said uh, earlier you're uh, also a providence bruins fan and and cover them um if Hudobin is not re- retained after this season, and I'm expecting. I don't. I don't know. I mean, if he comes out and just and blows everybody away, I don't know if if a re-sign would be smart because of his. I, I'm a I'm a person of history. I do a lot of research and I find trends and so on. So, and I, I know that behind closed doors, Bruins management do the same thing when it comes down to getting uh, maximize a dollar value or in future contracts but with Zane McIntyre down in Providence and I know he's he's had a, a tough two games uh recently but last season was just explosive in his in his second year of pro hockey um if Hudobin is not retained and I'm hearing that the goalie market could be very high uh in demand and dollar value um been... A a player like Zane McIntyre, who is currently on a two-way, two-year deal, if you don't retain Hudobin, McIntyre could actually walk right into that uh, backup role next season and and at a very, very cap-friendly number. Uh, Do you see a scenario like that happening? And and how about Zane's confidence in the NHL? Because I really haven't seen much, but there is uh, signs there that he could be good.
1: Oh, absolutely! I am all for Zane McIntyre. I absolutely love this guy. Uh, I got to see him play at a few Bruins games last season, and um, I just felt like everybody was hurt at the beginning of the season. Um, I saw him. I saw Malcolm Subban in the same game. Unfortunately, it was a blowout by the Wild. It was like six nothing by the end of the second. But um, it, again, that's all that goes back to you know having your confidence crushed early, and he needs that. Um, you know that. That experience and that's what the AHL is giving him. Last season, like you said, was explosive. He was so good. He was so dominant, and it will transition into the NHL level. I think it's just you know he needs another year or two down there, and if he's going to slide into that backup spot next year, absolutely you take that you take that chance because he's. I mean, you look at Malcolm Subban. He's doing before he got injured. He was great for for Vegas, and I know they just reinstated him from IR. And and you know there's a reason he was a top prospect. A top goalie prospect, and there's a reason, you know, he got claimed from for Vegas, and there's a reason they went with him. So I think when you have a goalie like a good goalie problem like this, and you have that, you know, the confidence that McIntyre will be good, and I do have a lot of confidence that he will, especially at the NHL level. Um, it's it's we're gonna have we're gonna be okay at the goalie position, and I know right now it's tough, but again, that goes back to me saying you know the patience and the rebuild, but you absolutely you put your trust and you invest in Zane McIntyre, especially that cap friendly hit, that's going to be, that's going to be fantastic, especially with some of the contracts we have with some of these players.
3: Yeah. And, and with the cap potentially going up uh, another two or 3 million, um, it's just going to benefit this organization as in in trying to get um, uh, uh, some players off of free agency, which is, it's definitely a better free agent class per cap friendly dot com um than it was last year so uh if 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 some players in the in the, in the whole youth movement aren't particularly ready to make that jump yet uh they still have an option to 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 look at players that have experience in the national hockey league um on the uh waiver wire as of uh july first jeez um, I think that's. Uh, I I had one more, but I totally forgot about it. Um, but I think that's. Um, that's that's that'll do it. Lauren, thank you. Um, so much for joining me today. I really appreciate this. I'm glad we got the time to talk, and I hope we get a chance to do it again.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm always down to talk some Bruins, and uh, thank you so much for ha- having me on. I'll come on anytime.
3: Awesome. Um, you can. Uh, Read uh, Lauren's stuff at thisweekinworster.com. You can also read her on guy uh, couchguysports.com. And you can also follow her. And I love this. I'm going to do it again. On Twitter, at L-A-L-A-L-A-L-A-U-R-R-R-E-N. I'm not going to, like, tear this piece of paper up. I'm going to keep it, so... it's it's in my notes now because if i if i try to do this again i'm gonna screw it up
1: (laughs) i'm I'm proud of you that was great And for your first time that was absolutely fantastic i loved
3: loved your tweet the other day oh was it last night i'm like oh man this is going to be a good one for the show tomorrow
1: (laughs) yep (laughs) and you nailed it You, you couldn't have been better
3: awesome lauren thank you so much again i really appreciate it and uh I look forward to reading some of, some more of your great stuff and sharing it uh, like wildfire on all my social media accounts.
1: Thank you so much. I always appreciate that so much.
3: All right, take care.
1: You too.
2: Thanks for tuning in to this week's show. You can follow the guys on Twitter at blackandgold277 at courtlalonde and at rob40bruins. You can also send us an email to the show's account at blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com.